Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. I'm blessed and absolutely blessed and honored to be up here. This is my first time speaking as a pastor on staff. Uh, if you remember about a year, over a year ago, I came out and spoke and I told my wife, I said, man, see, if I bomb, I'm leaving. They ain't going to see me again anyway, right? But, uh, but now I'm here. <laughs> and so, uh, but I'm just absolutely blessed and excited uh, to be here to share God's word. Um, but one thing I did not hear is we didn't celebrate the man of God. And his birthday was just this week. My man turned 40. Turn 40. Doesn't look a day older than 25 and a half. Uh, still just strength as of a youth. Uh, love this man. Love this man. And the only, the only reason that worries me is because I'm not too far behind him, right? And so I'll be hitting, I'll be hitting that mark soon. But uh, I just couldn't be more blessed and honored and excited to be partnering up uh, with Fountain Church. Um, if this is your first time here, you found a great place uh, to come and to worship. Great people. Um, and as you experience, there's some great worship, and, and so we, we look forward to getting to, to see you more uh, if it is your first time. Welcome home, we like to say. Welcome home. <clears throat> and uh, as Pastor Chris said, and as the screen says, uh, we are talking about breaking bad, breaking bad habits. And if we're just being honest uh, with one another, we all have a few, that, uh, few bad habits that we might want to break. And I'll be fair and say that there's probably a lot of good habits as well that you do have. Um, just speaking in faith, all right? Speaking life. There are some good, positive t- habits you guys have in life, uh, but there's just a few that listen that, that we all kind of want to break, and uh, and that and, and that's okay. That's that's why you're here. That's why God put this series on Pastor Matt's ha- uh, heart. It's because you guys, right? <laughs> it's your fault. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but but God has us in this series. And uh, the funny thing, real quick, about habits, the funny thing about habits is, is our brain wants to create them. Our brain wants to create habits because it has to work less when it creates a habit. And so it finds out the pattern of life, your life, and it wants to create habits so that, or excuse me, it wants to create habits because it finds the repetitive things that you do day in and day out, whether big things or small things, it finds out what those, what those repetitive things are that wants to create a habit because it doesn't want to overload or overwork itself. For example, uh, you have a habit of brushing your teeth. You don't have to think about it a whole lot. You're not, you know, which row first? Did I get that? You know, you just, you just know how to brush your teeth, how to put on your clothes, how to tie your shoes, how to drive to work. Um, those things get, 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 become habits because your brain is like, I don't want to work too much. I just want to work when I need to. And so it creates those habits. I want to give you a few illustrations real quick, just about habits. Uh, if you have your Bible, uh, put it down real quick. Put your pen down. I want you to get your hands out just like this with me. You get your hands out. All right, everybody? And then I want you to put your fingers, you know, cross your fingers together, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Go ahead and cross your hands together. Okay, now look down. How many right thumbers do I have? Your right thumb is on top. The rest of y'all are lefties, right? The left. So you got your right, right thumb on top. Okay, go ahead. Split them apart. Talking about habits. What I want you to do is switch it, okay? So if your right thumb was on top, I want you to switch it. Okay, ready? One, two, three, go. It's a little little interesting, right? A little interesting. 
You see, your brain right now just got mad at you. So it's like, why do you make me work overtime? That's, come on, pastor. Let me show you another little quick illustration, real quick, this quick video. is real ticked off. All right, you did two things in a row. The hand thing and this, what's going on? So your brain, believe it or not, has a habit. It had a habit right now. It, it was expecting those balls to roll a certain way. And once it didn't, it had to recalibrate and say, what just happened? Your hab There's a habit of your brain that was expecting that. And anytime you try to break a habit, it's similar to that. Your mind has to recalibrate and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You see, you're not supposed to go this way. How many of you guys got a new job recently and you start driving to your old job on accident because you get on autopilot? You're like, where am I at? What's going on? Or you exit an exit to go somewhere, like to work on a Saturday. You're like, I'm not going to work right now. What's going on? Because you turn into autopilot. Your brain wants to shut down because, because it just wants to create habits. For example, again, you've heard of stories of rats, right? Rats. They start them in a maze, and then at the end, there is a piece of chocolate as a reward. Now, it does show studies that the brain activity at the cue, meaning you put the rat in, that's the cue, the brain works, like, okay, there's something in here, right? The cue, and then it gets to the chocolate, and then it, it spikes again, the brain activity. But what they also discovered is that there's little, if any, there's very little brain activity while they're in the maze, and they discovered that it wasn't, it, it, was, uh, it was out of habit that the rat found the chocolate. It, was, it didn't pre-plan its left, right, it didn't do that. It, it found the chocolate out of habit, out of habit. So again, we all have these, uh, many good, some bad, but we're talking about breaking some bad habits. If you have your Bible, open up to the book of James, to the book of James chapter 1, the book of James chapter 1. Some of you guys might also have those new cars where if you start going off of the lane and then it starts to kind of kick you back a little bit, same thing. If you try to break a habit, whether it's small or big, as you turn in the book of James, all y'all looking right at me, turn to James, just listen. If you try to break a small habit or a big one, you're trying to get out of that lane, your brain's like, no, 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 no. That's why, that's why it's hard to break some habits, you guys. Just the psychologically of it, all right? Psychology of it. James chapter one, James chapter one, very familiar passage of scripture. And it says this in verse 22 through 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his face, and, uh, natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Or other translations say what he looks like. And then verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in all that he or she does. Very familiar passage. The title of my message this morning is Left on Red. Have you guys ever been left on red? Speaking to the millennials real quick. You've been left on red. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. Let me explain what that means. To be left on red means that you text somebody 
or you send them a message, they open that message, read it, and they don't respond. <laughs> you done got left on red. Now listen, how many, now how many people have been left on red? <laughs> listen, they read your message. And even that little thing, right, after, after it goes boop, and then on the bottom it says red at 125. They done read your message. Do they know how important you are? Do they know how valuable your time is? To send them a message, for them to read that message and not respond. How dare they? And it gets even worse when those bubbles come up. Boop, red, bubbles come up. You're like, okay, they're, they're responding right away. They're, they're going, and then those bubbles go away, and no message comes through. So they have the time to open it, read it, start to respond, and then you delete it, and you don't send me. Do you know how precious my time is? That's being left on red. My question this morning is, we don't want, it's not even a question, but you don't want to leave God on red. And a rhetorical question would be, how many of you do leave God on red? Rhetorical, meaning don't choke, I don't want to see hands. What does that mean, Pastor? What does that even mean? What it means to leave God on red, it means this. It means that you come week in and week out, and Pastor Matt comes and brings you this, this big filet mignon on this platter and it's a five course meal that you come to and it's just bam it's just speaking i mean it's speaking so well to you you got notes in your bible it is highlighted you i mean you're shouting amen and you're saying yes pastor that's for me you you get up you come up after the sermon you're like pastor matt man have you been talking to my wife because that was like you were speaking directly to me that was to me that was to me and so it's like, man, God is speaking. You got all the notes, and, and then you go home, and you re-listen to it because, man, that was so good. And then you turn on another a, a, a podcast, and you're listening to, to Furtick, or you're listening to, 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 to Andy Stanton. You're listening to somebody else, and, and you're like, yes, man, did you call my wife, right? You're just like, somebody. God is just speaking, and then you're by yourself, and, and, and you're praying, and you're opening up the word, and God is speaking directly to you. Listen, he's speaking directly to you because he knows your language. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. He's speaking directly, listen, to you. It's not a side note. It's not a little footnote. He didn't hide a message under your pillow like, oh, well, well, wow, Lord. I would have never saw that had I didn't go to bed. I mean, it's like, no, he's speaking clearly but the question then is what what are we doing with that are we doing little to any response are we leaving God on red maybe you might modify it a little bit God said no don't call her anymore and you translated that as don't call her as often God said to throw your whole stash away. You know what I'm saying? You translate that as not the stuff that's already right there. I mean, the other stuff. I mean, you, we, 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 you translate it your own little way. 
and then there's little to no response. That is called leaving God on red. That is leaving God on red. Now, let's be honest. There absolutely just are some people you ought to leave on red. You should. Uh, that probably text you this morning, may text you later. You ought to leave those people on red, if not unread. You might even block those people. And there might be some good reasons why you don't respond right away, why you, why you lit up those bubbles and you hit delete. There might be a good reason why you did that, because maybe you didn't know how to respond. Maybe you, for, maybe, maybe you actually <laughs> forgot to respond, um, right? For, for, there might be some good reasons, but I would challenge you this morning to not leave God, to not leave God on red. Not leave God on red. Now let's go back to, uh, to the book of James so the book of James, chapter 22, says this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Really meaning this. You're deceiving yourself to think that if you hear the word only and don't do it, you're deceiving yourself to think it's okay to just hear and don't do it. You're deceiving yourself to think that's okay that I'm just here. I mean, good, good sermons, uh, good worship. Um, I hear it. I, I hear it, Lord. I receive it, too. Oh, I really do. But then not to do it, you're deceiving yourself to think that's okay. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was, or immediately forgets what he looks like. Really rendering the mirror useless. I mean, if you look in the mirror and you walk away, forget what you look like, what's the point of the mirror? Really, right? Really, honestly. You're rendering it useless. Now, the mirrors today are really, really good. Mirrors are our friend. We like mirrors. Sometimes they could be our best friend. Sometimes they could be our worst enemy because they show everything. But let me show you a picture of the mirrors in the time in the book of James. See, this is more of an ancient-looking mirror. They weren't made of glass the way we have. where You, you, could, you could just kind of walk by like, whoop, oh, yeah, I'm good, right? Now. Some of you guys like, though, you, you slow down. It'll be like, whoop, and then you keep going. You like that. You like it. Some of y'all love that mirror. But anyways. This is a little bit different in ancient times. You see, these weren't made like they are today. They're made of, of different kinds of metals, and it's polished. And in order to see yourself clearly through this kind of mirror, you have to position yourself right in the light and, and right, at a right angle to, to be able to see yourself clearly. Me, really what James is saying is you're looking intently. You're looking on purpose to see the reflection of what you're trying to see. It's this purpose. This is on purpose. This is intentional. And so what he's saying is this. This is James, like James, speaking to believers. And he's saying this. You come and you sit, you open and you read in your, in your closet, and you're hearing God through messages, you're, through, through podcasts and, and through conversations, and, and you're hearing God speak because you're positioning yourself in a way to hear him speak. Because I believe you're hungry for God. You want to learn more. You, you want to hear more from God. I, I just believe that. I don't believe that people say, I'm going to hear God's word and just leave it. That's not our attitude. That's just not our intention. Our intention is I really want to grow. And so, so James is saying you're positioning yourself in just the right way for God to speak to your situation. Because now you're humbling yourself. Now you're on your knees. And God can get our attention in different ways, right? But now he's speaking to you clearly. And then... It's like you put the mirror down and forget the condition that you were in. Yeah. Kind of like this. You walk away like, oh, I'm not that bad. I mean, I'm not as bad as her and him. He's way worse. He's way worse than me, God. I mean, speak, tell him that. Once he gets it, then I'll change. But it's like you, you immediately forget 
the kind of man. You immediately forget what you look like. And then you essentially, again, like I'm talking about this morning, you essentially leave God on red. The book of Hosea chapter 4 says this, verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people, my people, his people, God people, God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I highly doubt that God would come here in this, in this generation and say something like that. Now, in some cases, sure, but it's not because of a lack of knowledge. In fact, I think sometimes we're overeducated. I mean, you can go right now and just Google whatever. You can go and open up and hear sermons on every single verse of Scripture with commentaries, and we have things like Logos, which is crazy. But you can get overloaded with information. We're, we're in the information age, right? So I don't think God will come and say something like this. I think we have all the knowledge that we need. What it really comes down to then is something called obedience, something called obedience. Listen, if you keep going now, let's go back to verse 25, verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, what is that? That's really the gospel. He's not talking about the Old Testament law. The perfect law of liberty, meaning Jesus died. He died for your sins, rose from the grave. We believe in that, and God gives us freedom and liberty based on our faith in Christ. That's the new perfect law. Really, the only law you need to do is believe in Jesus. Now, there's fruit that comes along with that. The devil believes in Jesus. Now, there's fruit that has to come along with that, but this is the perfect law of liberty is really the gospel. And they, So he who looks into the perfect law of the gospel continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he or she does. Um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I really want to be blessed in all that I do. I want to be blessed at home with my marriage. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed as I raise my children. I want to be blessed as I'm here doing ministry. I want to be blessed, as I told first service, when I'm in traffic. I want to be blessed when I'm put on hold. <laughs> I want to be blessed when I'm upset, when I'm frustrated. You see, because God does offer that to us. God does offer us an ability to be blessed in the midst of anything. So let me tell you, there have been times in my life where I have been pressed and crushed, and I have been just, just sifted almost. And even in those seasons, I can say, God, thank you. Thank you, God, that you're absolutely crushing me to where there's barely anything left of me. And that's actually true. That can actually happen to where even when bad things are happening to you and you're being crushed, you can still be blessed, as James says. But the key is this. It's not just being a hearer, but what? But being a doer of it. You see, we like to create our own translation of the scripture, the, the, new, the newest American version that takes that part out. And as long as we hear the word and don't forget it, we'll be blessed. But the reality is there comes another element where if you really want your life to be blessed, you got to do it. It really comes down to obedience. It really comes down to obedience. Amen. The book of John chapter 14. Actually, I, I skipped something. Sorry. The intention is right, but we want results without putting in the work. <laughs> How many of you guys love results without putting in the work? How many of you guys love driving through McDonald's? I mean, not McDonald's. We don't do McDonald's at Fountain Church. Come on now. Chick-fil-A. What 
What else is, okay, in and out is another one, right? Because they're Christian, they're, they're, they're Christian-owned, and so we want to support them. That's why they have the longest line. You ever notice? God is, and, and Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. I mean, is in and out is not closed on Okay, are they closed on Sundays, in and out? Okay, I'm hearing both. <laughs> you should go and try. Uh, but why did I bring up Chick-fil-A? Why did I bring up Chick-fil-A? Oh, because you want results without putting in the work. <laughs> so you go through Chick-fil-A, and you're expecting it to be done in one minute, like now, done. It's, it's fast, it's fast, it's fast, now, now. And so you, 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 you come across that beach body, that, 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 that six-week challenge video, and you look at that video, you're like, I want to look like him. <laughs> I want to look like her. You could have this. Six weeks. Bam. 20 minutes a day, six weeks. And you're like, and you're like, I could do that. Yes, I could do that. I could do it. So you download the program. One day in, two days in, I can't do this. She lied to me. <laughs> we, want, we want now. We want the result. We want the results of, of good finances. We want the results of good relationships, of good marriages, of, of a healthy spiritual life. We want all the results of them, but are we putting in the work to get them? We want the results, but it's hard to put in the work. So what it comes down to is a matter of obedience. You see, the book of Exodus chapter 20 are the 10 commandments, not the 10 suggestions. If Jesus is really your Lord, translation, your master, if he's really your master, your Lord, your king, and he asks you to do something and you don't do it, is he really an authority in your life? Is he really your authority? If mama and daddy says something, all right, how many parents have gotten here, right? If you say, some, if you say something to your kids... And they don't do it. Lord, let's pray for them right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, who's the authority? Right? If Jesus is your Lord, is your master, is your authority, and he's saying to be a doer and not just a hearer, and you don't do it, is he really your master? Is he really your king? The book of John chapter 14 says this. If you love me, Jesus speaking, keep my commandments. If you love me. What about Romans chapter 2? Romans 2. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but it's the doers of the law who will be declared righteous. And finally, 1 John chapter 5. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commandments, and his commands are not burdensome. And listen, they're not bur God's never going to ask you to do something that's going to be a burden. It might look like sometimes he's asking you to take a step back, but it's only to get a good, a better view sometimes. It might look like he's trying to take something from you, but really he's trying to give you something much, much better. And I wanted to show the picture, but I always kind of cry a little bit when I see it. Some of you may have seen this picture of this little girl that has this teddy bear, and then Jesus is there, and she's like, but Jesus, I, I, I need this. Jesus, I, I want this. I don't want to give it up. It doesn't say all that. But basically it just says, I want this. I love it. And Jesus has a bigger teddy bear behind his back. He says, but I got something so much better for you. 
And it's so true. Sometimes it feels like God's trying to take something from us, but it's really to make room for something so much better. So much better. So much better for you. And, and he's saying, man, I, I got the commands. They're not burdensome at all. I want to look at two contrasting stories real quick this morning. And the first one is in found, found in Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn back to the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. We do have it on the screen. But Deuteronomy chapter 1. I'm going to start reading right here in verse 19. It says this. So we departed from Horeb and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea and I said to you, so Moses is speaking right now. Moses is recounting what happened in the book of Numbers chapter 13 around this time. So Moses is speaking to the people and he's saying this, and I said to you, you've come up to the mountains of the Amorites which the Lord our God has given us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. We're right here. Go up and possess it as the Lord our God, your, as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. So he's saying, go and possess. He's telling Moses, the leader, right? He's telling the, the people, the soldiers, that go and possess the land. God's given it to our forefathers. It's ours. It's ours. Let me just tell you what's going on right now. They're about two years out of Egypt. So all the, the ten plagues, they get freed. And then almost a year before this, they had just got the Ten Commandments, probably about 11 months or whatever around that time, before they got the, the, the Ten Commandments. Now they're here, two years out of Egypt, and they're right here at the southern edge of the Promised Land. Two years, okay? Lock that in. Two years out of Egypt, now they're here, and Moses is like, here it is, guys. Go get it. Go get it. All right, now let's keep reading. Moses speaking, and every, so I told you guys, go get it. And then every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word by the which way we should go and, and into, the cities which, into the cities which shall, yeah, all right, you see it. The plan pleased me so well, so I, I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe. Did God say to go spy out the land? God said go look? No, God said go. God said go. And then what happened was somebody and the people had an idea. Listen, not every good idea is a God idea. Not every good idea is a God. It might sound good to you. It might be like, yep, Lord, did that come from you? All right, sweet. But not every good idea is a God idea. God told them to go and to get it. What ended up happening, they planned it. They went into the land. There's giants in the land. It's going to be hard to get. And then they started asking, if you can go back real quick, they started asking the questions again. Uh, uh, which way should we go up and tell us into the cities which, which we shall come? You see, God didn't tell them to go and to do that. What God told them to do was to go and to take it. But instead, what they did was they asked for just a little bit too many details. There's giants in the land. God is saying, I know. <laughs> I know they're there. <laughs> but I didn't tell you to worry about that. See, sometimes your greatest battles and your greatest victories will come in your promised land. 
But what happened was they got a little bit too many details and it paralyzed them. How many of you guys, God speaks to you clearly, says, go, do this, and then you stop, and then you call. You just call your girls. Listen, you, 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 were God, you let me tell you what God told me. What do you think? This is what I think. What about your kids? What about your husband? I mean, I mean what about your house? You're going to sell your house right now. The market's bad. You're going to sell your house. You can't do that. All these details that shouldn't have even concerned you in the first place now are at the forefront of your mind, and you're paralyzed. God told them to go get it. When you get there, I will tell you exactly how to handle those giants. When you get there, I will lay it out clearly what you're supposed to do and have victory. Don't worry about that. What happened? They got too many details, too much information. Oh, oh, what are we going to do? We can't do this now. We're all scared. No, we're going to stop. We're going to go. We're not going to go because they got too much information that God didn't even necessarily want them to have. (laughs) What they did was they left God on red. Listen, church, your destination is always going to be bigger than you. Your calling is always going to be greater than you. If you didn't need God to help accomplish, if you don't need God to help accomplish your vision and your calling, is it really from God? It's always going to be bigger than you. Always going to be further than you. Always. Unless is it really from him? They left God on red, decided to leave, listen to the people instead. And let's continue. Actually, go ahead in verse 34. In verse 34, right here. And the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry. What, what words? Basically, they came back. They're all scared. There's giants. We can't go in. This and now. We're going to do it. So God heard this, and it says, and God was angry. And he took an oath, and I won't read all this, but he took an oath, and he said this, none of you guys are going to go in. Moses, you either, Caleb, Joshua, your family, and all the small children that don't have a knowledge between good and evil yet, they'll make it in. But everybody else, nope. He was angry. And then go ahead and skip forward. Listen to what happened right here in verse 40. But as for you, he said, turn and take your journey into the wilderness. Where did they come from? They just came from the wilderness. Turn, take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. How many many of you guys remember how long it took for them to get to this place? How long did it take? Two years. That a girl taking some notes. Two years. How long were they in the wilderness? They were there. They were there. They were there. God's like, go get it. You see, at at the foot of every decision that we make, there's a fork, whether you're going to obey or not. Their act of disobedience cost them 38 more years in the wilderness that they didn't even have to do. They were there. And I'm not saying that's going to exactly be your situation but if God is calling you to something, and he's telling you something, you see, sometimes we hear God speak, and we're like, yeah, God, I don't want to hear that right now. I'm not ready to deal with that. Something else, Lord, something else. Give me something else. <laughs> something else, Lord, not that right now. But God is trying to speak so clearly, and he's saying, listen, I placed before you life and death. Choose life. Choose it. It's right there. I'm going to give you all the tools necessary to be successful. Don't worry about the details. I got you. 
but it's going to come down to a matter of obedience. And they stepped in the wrong direction and it took them 38 more years in the wilderness. And Moses and most of them couldn't even get into the land anyways at the end of the day because they made a bad decision. <laughs> comes down to obedience. comes down to obedience. Listen, the door to your next level can only be unlocked with the key of obedience. Is that good? You like that one? Don't just like it. Don't just post it on, on social media. I mean, post it. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead, post. No. The door to your next level can only be unlocked with the key of obedience. That's it. You want to be blessed in everything? Got to be a doer of the word. Got to be a doer of the word. Now, let's look at the opposite side. And just the last little passage that we're going to look at in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Luke 5. <laughs> That's so funny. We live in a digital age, y'all. Not one page I heard turn. <laughs> it's like dead silence. You hear this. <laughs> one page. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not saying it. As long as it's in your heart. Luke 5. So it was as the multitudes, verse 1 pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, basically the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but their fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Basically, they were done. Shift was over. They were done fishing. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and he asked him to put out a little bit of the land so he can teach, so he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Now, Simon, his first response was, master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. But at your word, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. How many of you professionals like it when rookies come and tell you what to do, how to do your job? Like you're a professional. You got the degree, you got the certificate, you got the years of experience, and then a rookie steps in and talks about, you're not supposed to do it that way. Why don't you do it this way? You guys like that? <laughs> we got Jesus, who's in his 30s, ain't never fished a day in this man's life. <laughs> At least from what we know. And he's 30. He's like almost my age. Never fished a day in his life. I'm sure Peter turned to him and said, man, tell this guy to go build something, right? He's a carpenter and a preacher, and he's telling a professional fisherman who wasn't just himself. It was his team, and it was multiple boats. And he's going to go and tell the professional fisherman who's toiled all night to go. And Peter said, we've done it all night, Lord. We've toiled all night. And we caught nothing, but yet at your word, at your word, I'll obey. And so let's see what happens. <clears throat> and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. And so they signaled to their partners, hey, come on, come on, come help. And then they came and filled both boats and they both began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. So he's been toiling all night. Some of you have been toiling 
You have been grinding. You have been working. Sweat, blood, tears, doing everything the right way that you know how. You've been doing everything that you know how you should do it. Doing everything the right way. Most good decisions, some okay, a few bad. But for the most part, we're doing everything that we know at our age. We have all this wisdom. We're doing everything we know to do, but yet you're pulling in empty nets. I'm grinding, Lord. I'm doing all that I can, but I'm pulling in empty nets pulling in an empty net, all this work and toil, and I'm getting nothing from it. And then it comes one act of obedience, and all of a sudden, you see, that, that was a very specific miracle for a very specific need to a very specific job being a fisherman. God knows exactly what you need right now at this season in your life where you're at. He knows exactly what it is. But it comes down to stepping out in obedience or not. I've done that. I, you, listen, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to, it's not like, it's not like, you know, God's going to give you this big profound thing to do all the time. It could be something really simple. You need to go and call that person and ask them for forgiveness. That has nothing to do, God, with what else is going on in life. Nothing to do with where I'm trying to go. doesn't matter. God, they left me on red. I did reach out. They didn't get... It could be something really, really simple. It doesn't have to be this profound thing. It's not big enough, God, for me right now. I'm in a better place than that. I'm more mature than just do something small like that. One step of obedience can actually change the course of your life, can change the course of your life. So then what is the difference then, church? I mean, really, what is the difference? What is the difference between somebody that's very successful and somebody that's not? What makes the most successful people in the world successful? Is it because finances, where they grew up, what city they grew up, their family? What is the real reason? No, the most successful people in the world They know what they ought to do, but here's the key. They do it. (laughs) The most successful people in the world know the habits and the disciplines that they ought to do, and then they just do it. I had a co-worker, his name was Dave, and he said, you know what, when he stepped into this business, I forget exactly what it was for, but, you know, he said, I stepped in, they gave me a sheet, and they said, if you do this, you'll be good. He said, I was just dumb enough to do it, <laughs> to just follow the sheet. And the company that was failing ended up becoming a multi-million dollar company because he just did what he was supposed to do. It's not that hard, church. It's really not. But if you really want to live a ble- if you really, really want to live a blessed life, if you want to live stressed out, go ahead. That's easy. If you want to live freaked out, if you want to live unblessed, if that's a word, then just at ease. Keep doing what you're doing. Not to say that everybody's not doing right, but what I'm saying is it's very simple. And I believe God wants to bless our lives. So again, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all that they do. Amen.